Have you been told you need to stop doing what you love, whether it's exercise, running, or a sport? Well, here at Dynamic, we don't like that answer. In this podcast, we'll talk to leaders in the health and wellness space from Southwest Florida to get the solutions you need to get you back to doing what you love. Welcome to the Dynamic Naples podcast. What's going on, Naples? Dr. Chris back again with another solo podcast. I've been finding I'm really enjoying doing these, so I'll probably get a lot more of these. Uh, and also, I was inspired today, so I felt the need to jump on. So I was listening on my car ride to pick up my son from school and sitting through traffic. I was listening to a podcast, uh, Squat University, Dr. Aaron Horshig uh, hosts it. He had a, an interview with Dr. Ray McClanahan, who is a, pod, a podiatrist and very forward-thinking. Uh, and they were talking about plantar fasciitis and something I definitely treat a lot and have had moderate success with. And as I've been doing this for almost 10 years, I've, I've noticed that if I do things I didn't learn uh, and think outside the box, people get better. And if I do the traditional stuff, it just doesn't seem to work. And uh, that's not to you know, talk negatively about my schooling or anything. I just find that uh, the field of physical therapy is changing. Uh, It used to be very in line with the medical model, which basically treats symptoms and not necessarily root causes. And I think we're really moving away from that, at least in the physical therapy realm. And I I hope the medical realm does that too. Uh, So the standard care was really, you know, basically like a RICE protocol, rest, ice, compression, elevation, something of that nature, stretch the plantar fascia, uh, you know, roll on a ball and, or a bottle of frozen water and, you know, stretch the calves and, and try to strengthen the muscles of the foot. Now, some of that's right, in my opinion, and some of that's very wrong. So let's dive into what Dr. Aaron and Ray were talking about. And I completely agree. This is the complete pattern that I've noticed over and over again. And, and when this, you know, when they said it out loud, it was like a, you know, light bulb moment for me. Now, I definitely do things a little differently. In fact, like my little slogan on my website is move, train, live differently. Because, uh, you know, as I was saying, everything that we've learned when it comes to movement and diet, I just, I think we have a lot of things a little bit backwards. And this is a perfect example. So what I have definitely seen is a patient comes in complaining of plantar fasciitis. And let me just say what that is. It's a, well, what we learned is it's an inflammation of the plantar fascia, which is the tissue uh, that lines the arch of your foot. And it's, it's really bad. It's really excruciating, and it feels like you're stepping on a hot frying pan, or some people describe it like you're getting stabbed by a knife. Uh, it, it'll put people out. It'll be, it'll be limping. You know, athletes will not be able to play their sport. Uh, it's very debilitating. Anyways, so, yeah, we learned it was an inflammatory process. So this is the first thing that Dr. Ray pointed out, that there was a study conducted, and I read the study, I think it was 2003, Harvey Lamont. Um, he took tissue samples of 50 of his patients that had plantar fasciitis, and uh, he analyzed them and found that none of these tissues were inflamed. In fact, they were dead. The tissue was dead. Uh, and this was a, a patient, you know, uh, a wide patient range. So you had some younger patients, some older patients, and all, all the same thing. No one's inflamed. Everybody had necrotic or dead tissue. Um, so the thinking behind this, and I found a recent study in 2019 that more or less confirmed this, is that what happens is the big toe it gets pushed into adduction. So if you take your big toe and push it towards your second toe, that's adduction. 
um, and that causes a muscle, the abductor muscle of the, uh, the big toe, to compress the artery that sits underneath it, the lateral plantar artery. And that, they found, can completely, um, the vessel becomes constricted and blood flow lessens. In fact, they took in the study patients and just passively adducted the toe, and immediately there was a 60% decrease in blood flow. And then some patients were able to rebound and it dropped down to a 22%, uh, 22.2%, I believe, reduction in the blood flow. So some people, it seems like they're, vasculature was able to adapt to some degree. So, you know, maybe that's why we see um, why some people have worse cases than others. Anyway, so why does the big toe adduct? Well, it, I think it really comes down to shoe wear. If you have what is called like a narrow toe box so that the tips of your toes are narrow, it'll push your big toe in towards your uh, second toe. And sometimes it'll even go underneath your second toe and then you start to develop a bunion. I think there's multiple causes of bunions, but this definitely could be one of them. Um, and then, you know, then you get that compressed artery and then they get that plantar fascia pain. And the plantar fascia pain is, be is because the arch or the plantar fascia is dying in a sense. And now, so that plantar fascia, uh, that's one of its main roles to stabilize the foot. And if you've now destabilized the foot, you have a much bigger problem. Because the other thing is that we put children in shoes basically just after birth. And shoes have an effect of keeping everything weak. If you're in a shoe that has an arch support, the muscles of the arch get to relax. I kind of touched on this in the last podcast. And uh, they over time, they just get weak. So if you've got weak muscles... And a destabilized arch, now that's the perfect recipe for a foot collapse or a flat foot. So that's sort of the proposed mechanism. The other thing that tends to happen, if you look at a shoe, the majority of like sports, quote-unquote sports performance shoes or running shoes, uh, they're really fashion shoes. They're not performance, unfortunately. Um, they have an elevated heel. And then they have an elevated uh, toe box. So it's not just a narrow toe box, but it's called a toe spring. So if you look at your typical running shoes, you can probably fit like two or three fingers underneath the big toe just, you know, at rest. I mean, it should be flat across, but that because that's how the, the foot should be. The, the big toe should be on the ground, not up in the air. Um, so when I have patients come in, I have them take off their socks and shoes. They're complaining of plantar fascia pain. And just at rest, their foot is, it looks like they're stepping down a gas pedal. So their foot's in a plantar flex position, and the big toe is sticking up. And I see this a lot. You know, I, I'll see it a lot with people just walking around. I see a hole in the front of their shoe where their big toe is trying to poke out. Uh, that is not a natural position for that foot at all. Um, your foot should be in a neutral position. So, you know, for that person with the, the hole in their, their shoe, that should be in a flex position relative to that, you know, extended toe. Uh, so they'll develop a lot of stiffness on the toes, uh, the, sorry, the tendons that extend the toe. And you'll see it because you know, the tendons will be really prominent on the top of the foot. And I'll see a lot of uh, pain on the top of the foot because it's basically in a contracture. Uh, so that means the opposite side, uh, the flexors of the toe have become really weak. And now that plantar fascia is in a very overstretched position which there's a problem right there because one of the recommendations is to stretch the fascia. Well, why, why stretch something that's dying and already overstretched? And then the plantar flex position of the foot means your calf is most likely stiffened up. So let's go over what the typical protocol is. So there's the RICE protocol. So rest it, 
probably not the best thing to do. If you've got a dying tissue, you want to get some blood flow to it, not rest it and let it stay compressed. Uh, ice, um, I did a whole podcast why icing is not a good thing. And again, when it comes to the blood flow, you are going to cut off some of the blood flow with some ice. So that's a great way to, to kill off the plantar fascia faster. Compression, you know, I'll take it or leave it. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. But, you know, again, if you're thinking about blood flow, why wrap something up and, and decrease blood flow to it? So now that I say that, I would even get compression out of there. Elevation, same thing. You're just going to reduce blood flow. So none of that makes any sense when it comes to uh, plantar fasciitis. So what you should be doing, there are some stretches you should be doing, and that would be to stretch the toe extensors. Uh, I did a blog on this today. And I'll post it in the show notes. There is a video uh, of my lovely wife doing this exact stretch. It's kind of like a basically a kneeling position that will stretch the top of the foot. You could be doing something to regain dorsiflexion of the foot. So dorsiflexion is the opposite of plantar flexion. Plantar flexion is stepping on a gas pedal. So your typical calf stretch might do okay, but I wouldn't want to be overstretching the plantar fascia. So there's a, um, a dorsiflexion mobilization. You can look at my YouTube channel to find that where you're sitting on a ball. Uh, and then you're going to really want to strengthen the muscles of the foot. Um, so I, you know, I got into this a little bit on the last podcast. I have a program, RestoreYourArch.com, that really targets all the muscles of the foot. And simple things like uh, picking up things with your toes, uh, doing towel drags, picking up marbles with your toes, uh, and generally just starting to be more barefoot. I know a lot of people, they're in shoes all day at work. They come home, they're in their shoes at home. Uh, and that's, I think that's a bad, bad habit to be in because you you basically stay chronically weak. Um, unfortunately the shoe industry has done a good job at basically convincing us that that, you know, we need a nice rigid thing, a nice rigid, basically foot coffins, what I call them for your foot to stay in so it can stabilize it. But yeah, then your muscles don't ever do anything and they stay weak. Okay. Hopefully I'm not beating a dead horse here. So you know, step one, get out of those shoes, right? Step two, maybe try some barefoot walking and start off slow. You want to transition into this. You don't just like go from being in a shoe for 30 years to now walking barefoot, running barefoot. You got to, you got to build up to it because you will develop pain if you go too far too fast. So maybe start off walking around the house um, and then, then maybe build up to doing some walking outside, but you know, take that a little bit on the slow side. You could do some rolling on a ball just to desensitize the plantar fascia. I think that's totally fine. Um, I would I would avoid the rolling on the ice bottle. That's what a lot of people will do. So the majority of that was taken from that, that podcast I mentioned, Dr. Aaron Horshig and Dr. Ray McClanahan, uh, Squat University. Um, but it just, it was like a, a light bulb moment for me because I kept seeing this pattern over and over and thinking to myself, why is everybody's toe inverted and extended upwards? Why are people wearing a hole on the top of their shoes? Why are they in this flexed position? And then I just looked at a running shoe and it made perfect sense. If you put somebody in that shape for long periods of time, your foot will adapt and it will, it'll be in that, that same exact shape. Now this is, uh, my thoughts. This is not theirs. Um, so I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but here in Southwest Florida, you know, flip-flops are kind of a thing, and I definitely wear them, like, basically every day, uh, and I, you know, I, I wear Javianas, the kind with a little, the kind of the thong between the big toe and the second toe, 
And I was thinking, well, you know what? We've been told for so long that flip-flops are bad for us. What if they actually might be good for us? Because the kind of flip-flops I wear are basically flat, so there's no elevation of either the heel or the toe. And there's a spot where you you know that you have to put that little thong between your the big toe and second toe. Well, that's a natural toe spacer, right? So that's going to push the toe out. And I was looking at my feet. My toes are in a very neutral position. So and maybe that's just how I'm built, or maybe it's because I've been basically chronically wearing flip-flops. And the other thought, too, when we go back to the idea that the toe extensors are kind of outpowering the toe flexors, when you wear flip-flops, you basically have to use your toe flexors to keep your flip-flops on. So, uh, oh, and the fourth thing, too, would be that your toes are not squished together in a tight toe box. They're open to the air. So they're allowed to splay out, which is what you want. Your toes should have space between them. In fact, the widest part of your foot should be the tips of your toes, not the balls of the feet. Um, so if you if you look at your feet and your toes are all touching each other, then they need to be spaced out a bit. And something like a flip-flop will allow for that at least. There are toe spacers you can purchase too, which would probably accelerate that. So maybe a controversial thought. I'm sure a lot of therapists may not agree with me. But I think that the, at least the Javiana style flip-flop might actually help cure some plantar fasciitis or at least allow for it to not get all mashed together and create this, this pattern I see constantly. So that was a mouthful. Uh, check out that program, RestoreYourArch.com. Call or email with any questions, chris at dynamicnaples.com, 239-919-7139. For those of you that stuck around for this whole podcast, I appreciate it. I've been ranting lately a lot about feet. It's uh, become sort of a very important topic to me. I kind of consider myself a hip specialist, but I find that the foot and hip go so well together. The, the foot directly affects the knee, which directly affects the hip. So it's all sort of the same picture. Anyways, uh, reach out to me, and I'll see you guys next week. Do you have unexplained pain? Or do you wonder just how healthy you are? When was the last time you had your blood tested? Blood chemistry analysis is a great way to stay ahead of any health conditions. And now you can have control of your health with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is an incredible company that sends blood tests to your home. You can choose from over 30 different tests, whether that's liver function, testosterone, micronutrient, cholesterol, or C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation. It's sent to you with free shipping and you get results in two to five days. No physician referral needed. Use the code DPT20 for 20% off. Go to letsgetcheck.com and use the code DPT20. Did you know that you can get started with physical therapy without a physician's referral? Physical therapists don't just solve pain. We get down to the root cause and keep it from coming back. We also discuss all things health, such as nutrition and lifestyle changes. If you feel that you could use some help, let's get on a free console call. Go to www.dynamicnaples.com and sign up for a free call. Also, if you like this podcast, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us spread the message. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.